1: plushcare.com slash weight loss this podcast is a Royfield Brown production find others on iTunes
0: all right
1: hi I'm Sarah
2: Smith if you're the type of person that goes to liberty as other people would go on safari and the fact that John Lewis doesn't have a funeral service makes you fret Sarah Smith cleaning cloths are for you Sarah Smith, available from Sainsbury's for the Posher Washer. Proud sponsors of Dumpty Dum. <laughs>
3: This is dum dum the show about reality docudrama that that's out ambridge in the heart of the Midlands. I'm the Rye Fox, that is Royfield Brown, and with me I have the bloodstained chicken that is... Lucy Freeman. And the last part of our Hollow tree hen horror is you. Now, today's dum dum is from my girl Vicky Cole from Kenya. Now, thank you for that. Can please. I just
4: interrupt you? mm mm-hmm. <clears throat> I need to fest, don't I? Yeah. Um... People of Dumpty Dum, I cannot describe.
3: <laughs> I'm just laughing in, in anticipation.
4: I am. Mm. I have spent, as you know, I've been away, mm. and um, I decided that I would catch up on all my archer's things and write all my scripts and everything um, today. And I did it, and I I, I had a lovely uh, morning's listening, and then I spent the afternoon writing monologue and everything, and it was only when. I was texting Royfield to say I was ready that I realized I have written the monologue and everything uh, for the wrong week. Not Mm. the week just gone, the week before. It was only after I'd listened to all your calls and I thought, what the hell are they on about? (laughs) I thought, maybe it's Sunday's episode. And then I thought, no, hang on. It can't, you know, an awful lot happened in one 12-minute episode. If this was all Sunday, what is going on? And then I realised I am a Burke the size of Scotland. So I'm very sorry, everybody. None of this will make sense because um, I've listened to the wrong week, ultimately, because I'm a Burke. Sorry. That's it. A fest now. I feel better. I feel cleansed, Royfield.
3: So our expert analysis on all things Archerdom this week is going to be even more poor than normal
4: (laughs) (laughs) it's just going to be a bit retro it's going to be a week out of date that's
3: all right all right Lucy yes after saying sorry why don't you just tell people how they can sing a dum-de-dum and you know what together we'll figure out how we'll get through this show together (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
5: if you'd like to sing us a
4: dumpty dum give us a plot prediction or join in the general circus of incompetence that is dumpty dum ring us on 0203 0313105 or leave us a message on speakpipe Um, thanks to Derek for loading the back bedroom and also apologies Derek um, from me I was away he is not happy at the Mm. state the back bedroom has been left in uh, apparently, Shanbridge's left her fagash, her pepperoni wrappers, and vodka bottles all over the place. <laughs>
3: uh,
4: I found a pair of yokel bears' pants under the bed, and Terry Malloy broke a window. So I've had a whiz round with a dustbuster, and I'm buying Derek some um, hobnobs to apologise. Um, thanks also to Co- uh, Cosmo for his podcast roundups, and to Sarah Smith for sponsoring us.
3: On this week's show, we have calls from Jacqueline Berto, who is a homing pigeon, Michelle Laferte, who is feeling helpless. Michelle LeFert is feeling hopeless. Witherspoon who agrees with me. Uh, Blithe Spirit who has sympathy for Anna Jagoran. Auntie Jean who thinks Pip has had a visit from the AI man. Yeah. Auntie Jean who thinks Pip has had a visit from the AI man. Goddess Diva who still hates Rob Kelp And Julie from Pickering who thinks Pat missed a trick. But first, after three weeks... Let's have Lucy V. Freeman's week in Ambridge. Uh,
4: I've been away, so a quick catch up. Linda's put off rearranging her spice rack and someone's given Gene Harvey a right mouthful by the village hall. So there's always good news for someone. Uh, Fallon has co-opted Dorothy Dandridge into her icing sugar empire and the almost entirely misguided Brazilian theme for the fate was very authentic. The Mm. village pond went green and a group of visiting Americans (laughs) in swimming trunks accused Susan of holding them up at gunpoint. Uh, This week really belonged to Saint Shula, I mean last week obviously, uh, belonged to Saint Shula of the itchy vest. She had a birthday party and sat on a spike all night while she quivered with guilt over the fact that she told a massive great whopping fib to Harris. Burns about the hunt sap. She got the wrong answer from her husband and then got the wrong answer from Yah, Caroline, over whether or not she should tell Anna Toboggan about the hunt sap. Anna Toboggan rather brusquely said that as Shula was a massive liar, liar pants on fire, her evidence was inadmissible. Shula was delighted as it enabled her to rub herself with hedgehogs and squirt lemon juice into her eyes. Alistair <laughs> <laughs> must have given up on Shula entirely. He didn't even turn up to her birthday party. In a hugely ironic gesture, he bought her a sat nav so she could never get lost, no matter how much he wanted her to. <laughs> fair brother senior had a heart attack Rex was concerned about his father's heart Toby was concerned about his own nether regions as his father lying near death would interfere heavily with his own cardiac aerobic activities with Pip uh, mm. some of which are taking place at Hollow Tree shagging in a hen house how nice this is a terrifically bad idea because A. straw gets everywhere and hurts B. hens have red mites and C. it was only the day before they were hauling 50 chicken corpses out of there how romantic Anyway, hmm. when Pip got back to Brookers, Jill said, Ooh, you've got red cheeks. Honestly, if Pip wants to keep it quiet, the least she could do is put her trousers on. In a further instalment of Aren't the Bankrupt Grundy's Hilarious, Joe and Eddie decided to create a cottage hospital for elves while Grange Farm continued its inexorable slide into becoming Borsitch's first pig-based aquarium. Why they can't get on with something sensible like trying to put elf ears on a horse, I don't know. Ed and Emma are in a similar situation and Ed's only solution is to say to Emma, trust me, something will turn up. Yes diphtheria knowing the Grundies Hooty Jill and Carol Toboggan took a couple of smokers down the garden they came back giggling and then ate an entire tin of flapjacks <laughs> Titchy Nob encouraged Captain cricket Captain Harassment Carpet Burns to instruct Adam and Tom to sledge the opposition at the match Those two couldn't sledge Santa to the North Pole. But anyway, they won. Then Harrisman suddenly realised that he probably shouldn't be getting pissed with the victim of a crime in which he was heavily involved. Not that it matters. Not when the defending solicitor is living three doors down from the victim, her godmother is related to the accused and chats to a potential key witness in the middle of her own birthday party. Now, I was really hoping that this Helen and Rob storyline would be all sorted out while I was away, but sadly, apparently no one's been able to deal with it. So I suppose it's all down to me. Uh, (laughs) Helen feels as if she's been climbing a cliff and then looking down or something. Helen, I do not care if you've climbed a cliff or skateboarded around a multi-story sodding car park. Just tell Anna Toboggan and let's move this storyline on. Stitchy Knob is trying to work out why he has no character witness. Because you've got a really horrible character? At the rate he was being <laughs> shunned at the cricket, he'll have to buy a character statement from Fat Paul, who will do it in exchange for a can of Fanta and some scampy knickknacks. Everyone is worried about the peculiar damp patches that are appearing all over Grange Farm. Everyone except Joe, that is, who is delighted that his incontinence is being blamed on everything from drains to a natural spring to a sycamore tree. Mm. Meanwhile, Linda has been wandering round with a dead dog in her handbag. Oh, Ambridge, it feels as if I've never been away. The end. Oh.
3: Thank yes, goodness you've dealt with the week that we've actually had. Well, that you would- know what? Something's better than nothing. Even if it is like. <laughs> seven days out of date
4: oh talk about a damning with faint praise mm. Shall i do another one
3: uh okay Go Come on, on. Then.
4: no i haven't written it yet i haven't even heard the bloody episodes have i
3: oh okay right um so so now what do we do <laughs> uh,
4: is a lot of what people were saying Mm. in the calls Mm -hmm. I mean a lot of the time I was thinking what the hell are they on about but some of the time it made sense because not a lot has progressed in the last you know the the basic themes of the storyline stay the same haven't they Mm. okay so fill me in then what's happened Phoebe's got into Oxford has she
3: yes good Uh, Josh has done really well with his results, and is basically really? having a gap year. He's not going to go, but he's going to work on the farm. He's not going uh, go, uh, so, to go straight to uni. Has hmm? that annoyed Pip then? Has that annoyed Pip? We haven't heard Pip's opinion yet, other than she thought he was going to get rubbish results beforehand. So, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, Anna Tragarin, yeah, uh, wanted I t-
4: remembered. She's a solicitor and not a counsellor, and has said. For fuck's sake, either tell me what happened or we're going to lose this case.
3: Well, she's soon to be a divorcee. Oh. So, she wanted to be back with her partner, uh Max, and Ma- and Max took her out for a swanky dinner. She got all dolled up and thought, "Oh, and she was really all excited." And she's retired to a room with a bottle of gin. When oh. when 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 he basically said, "Right, I uh, got this new girlfriend." And she isn't all consumed by work and I want a divorce. So this she's all Um, like, oh. Um, Alistair and Shula.
4: Why can't we just have a solicitor who's just a solicitor? Why does she have to have a massive, great, complicated, bloody backstory?
3: Well, I don't know. But she's a barrister. So anyway. uh, Whatever. Now, um, Alistair got a slap down from Docky Locky.
4: Alistair got a slap down
3: stocky locky what? Did I say Alistair? No, Shula. I meant Shula if I said oh. Alistair. Shula. I got a knockback. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And okay. she was trying to get him to come to the opera. And he basically went, nah, I'm really busy every night of the week. Um Toby. <laughs> I'm not
4: going to listen next week. I'm just going to get you to tell me what happened.
3: <laughs> Toby and Pip. This is all from me memory banks, right? Okay. Toby Mary. and Pip um so toby uh goes around to pips uh for a little bit of uh if i know what he went around there for yeah, yeah for a cuddle at lunchtime uh saying snack. i'll come around for lunch pip actually made lunch and he was oh you've actually made lunch and then the phone rang and it was matthew and she took the call he lost his rag he's obviously really jealous uh pip told him to leave so he did um did the david and josh thing oh there's a very heartwarming scene well heart rending i should say emma and eddie and emma just said you know what i just want what normal people have for their kids nice clothes little trip to the seaside why is everything just so hard and so crap uh all in all it was awesome oh robin henry Yeah. Uh, So, basically, Rob gets Henry ready to go uh, for his uh, seaside break with Pat and Tony. Yeah. And Rob is very upset that Henry was really excited to go. Right. And there was more backstory about him feeling, him being Rob, feeling all abandoned and somewhat morose uh, about going to boarding school. Um, Ursula came back and kind of annoyed rob saying i'll come back and i'll clean rob didn't want her to come and then kind of felt lonely so his mum did come uh the end that was it so what happened at the kafkas meeting we don't know oh yes rob nothing that that wasn't um as you would say that was that wasn't a voices off thingy it just hasn't we, we just don't know yet we we okay. do not know uh, and it definitely wasn't part of Friday's show, though it's supposed to have happened on Friday. Okay. All right.
4: Yeah. Do you think that Henry is going to tell someone that he met a nice lady when he went off with Daddy?
3: Um, I have no... Oh, no,
4: because he wasn't there, was he? he, um, he uh, they went off to the playground, didn't they?
3: Henry wasn't there mm. when... Um... No, he did say... Meet daddy's friend, he yes. did, didn't he? He said, Yeah, yeah, he yeah. did.
4: No, but he didn't say when he said that threatening thing to to Jess about you wouldn't want to change, you wouldn't want anything bad to happen in your nice life, would you? Mm. Sort of but thing.
3: Six year olds are not going to remember, no, anywhere, are they? But no. you know what? I just think what's going to happen here is that Rob's going to implode. I think that's where we're going with this because I still
4: think, I still think Charlie's the, the um...
3: really Charlie's the linchpin, yeah.
4: God knows why,
0: because probably
4: because I have hoped, but nothing. Hope that everybody at some point is going to be the linchpin. Thought I thought it was going to be um, Shula and the Hunt Sab. Then I thought it was going to be Stefan. Then I thought it was going to be Justin. Then I thought it
3: was going to be um, Jess. And I've
4: run out of people now. The only one left is Charlie. uh, And
3: and I think, and I think that's the reason why I say that surely what we're going to have here is a Rob implosion because whatever Charlie's evidence is. It's just, you know, in effect, anti-character witness stuff for Rob, isn't it? It's n- Nothing directly pertains to this case. It's not as if uh, Charlie's going to turn around and say, I've heard him uh, belittle, threaten Helen, you know, puts her or Henry's life in jeopardy. You know, it, it's it might blacken Rob's character, but it doesn't go any way to explain the reason why Helen justifiably...
4: Well you know what Greavesy thinks don't ooh, you Oh
3: what what is Greavesy think He
4: thinks that mm. um uh that uh, Rob is not going to be able to cope with being um cross-questioned by a woman by Anna Toboggan. that
3: that, that, that. it's either going to be that and that he's going to sort of before of... the trial he's just going to implode because he's feeling um stressed oh i forgot something quite significant about last ooh, week ooh, lucy ooh. Uh, Rob goes off for an interview with Justin to be yeah. uh, some supervisor at Damara and right here and now we believe he's got the job right it's not 100% written in stones but we believe he's got the job that's pretty okay. significant because um, it appears like he's on on his way back so to speak
4: what Justin wouldn't hire somebody
3: well funny you should Who's say his that funny you should Jeez. say that because Justin confides in Lillian and says he's thinking of giving Rob this job and Lillian goes nah don't do that Justin is a bit of a wrong and it's a feeling in my water blah 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 uh, Justin and Lillian basically have words and Justin says I'm a good judge of character I know how to run my businesses etc blah blah mm-hmm. blah um, Rob comes back from the meeting feeling that it's gone well but is agitated by his mother Ursula Bean, all well, well, of course you're going to get it. You're, you're you're extant Robert, you know. And he basically says, What the hell do you know, woman? And he's all agitated and then gets a call back from Justin to confirm that uh, Justin uh, thinks that it's gone positive and turns around to his mum and says, You were right all alone, thank you, all along, sorry, thank you, blah 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 blah. Uh, but he hasn't 110% got the job yet, I don't think. Okay, right. So that's been dumped Dum on this week, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget we're on social media. <laughs> um, well, if anyone else would like an audio
4: blow-by-blow account <laughs> what's happened over the last week, please contact Rifle Brown.
3: I suppose we should actually do some calls. Yeah. And we'll do them as best as we can, eh?
4: Yeah.
5: Sorry.
3: Hello, Ambridge three nine six two. Who's first, Freeman? Jacqueline Berthaud! Ooh.
6: Hi, it's Jacqueline Berthaud from Saint in Brittany, France. Um, I used to be a fairly regular caller her, but I've I stopped for a while. I found the story with uh, Rob very difficult and. Um, I still do but I've determinedly started catching up and um, after five weeks of a grandchild and a holiday in the UK with more or less no internet I started cleaning my jungle of a garden and listening. So I've got through the first two omnibuses and the first two dum-de-dums. I love the story about the uh, superpowers I've got superpower as well, Royfield, it's connected with maps, but it's also connected with direction, so um, I never cease to amaze uh, my family, apparently, I just take it for granted, but I can't get lost, well, famous last words, I did once get lost in New Zealand, because apparently the sun's in the wrong place, anyway, so far I'm coping very well with the general chit-chat and storyline, a silly pip thing, but... The Rob thing is still getting to me too much and um, I almost had to stop during the last uh, exchange that I listened to with um, Rob about the holiday and all the rest of it. But thank goodness they all seem to be recognising he's uh, manipulating them. I'm going to go back to the garden rather than listen to the omnibus this Sunday morning and um, catch up with the next three omnibuses and the next three dumpty-dums.
5: Bye!
3: Right, now what's Jacqueline say?
4: She is a homing pigeon. Mm. Who knew? She she was talking about superpowers and hers is Magnetic North. She knows where Magnetic North is because she got very baffled in New Zealand because the moon was on the wrong side or the wrong way up or something. Um... She says there is still too much Rob. Are we thinking that uh, there's still too much Rob and Helen? It's just building up and building and building and building to this court case, isn't it? And I'm not sure that my poor old nerves are going to be able to stand that.
3: Mm. Um,
4: that. Do you think they're going to do like a special?
3: Uh, I, you know what? I have I, no idea. I've given up predicting with this other than I did predict all of that three minutes ago. So what I've just said is bunkum. Um
4: <laughs> what date is the trial?
3: Uh some point in September, so it's it's pretty soon, isn't it?
4: Now I'm just thinking is it a Friday night? I wonder if they're oh, going
3: gonna... to I I don't know. But surely the trial's going to be over at least two, if not three episodes, surely. Yeah. You know, you can't have 18 months worth of build-up and then it be over in <laughs> less than 12 minutes.
4: <laughs> it sounds like quite a few of the men I know. Mm. <laughs>
3: What was your superpower? I can't remember. Uh,
4: knowing what people were going to order on menus. Oh,
3: that was it. That was it. Do you
4: know what Judy Dench's superpower is? No. Judy Dench can tell what time it is to within a minute without ever looking at her
3: watch or clock. Really? Yep. Mm. Anyway, um, more superpowers, please, people. But I quite like um, anybody that can, can read a map. I think that's kind of quite useful. <laughs>
4: Anybody with a sense of direction impresses me.
3: (laughs) Right, now, Michelle, what's she on about?
5: Hey, everybody, it's Michelle from Rhode Island, hovering in a state between uh, radical acceptance and learned helplessness. As the scriptwriters have spent the last two months moderating our expectations and extinguishing little glimmers of hope one by one, this kind of torturous, methodical manner. Anna seems useless. Shula's information doesn't matter. Jess isn't going to speak up. Even Kaz isn't doing anything lately. So I just, I'm going to accept the fact that Rob is going to win the lawsuit, win custody. Helen's going to spend time in jail and I'm going to stop worrying about it. Hope all is well. Talk to you soon. Thanks.
4: She said, well, she said actually
5: that our hopes are being extinguished one
4: by one, really. In that Shula's now thing is uh, inadmi- uh, evidence is inadmissible. Mm-hmm. Scruff's dead, so Scruff's not going to dig up Stefan or anything. <laughs> <laughs> Stefan's probably not coming back. Uh, who else has been? Dis- uh, Jess isn't going to give evidence, except I think she still will. Um, there was a very strange thing on the twitters. Mm. Some you know, there's you know people set up fake accounts like Henry Archer and yes. all that sort of thing. Somebody has actually tweeted the Jess Titchener mm-hmm. and, and actually said, talk to her as if she was a real person and said, please, will you testify? You're her only hope as if it's all really real, Oh, which is, I know slightly odd. Anyway, um, uh, I just sort of backed away from that tweet very slowly. Didn't sort of impress the mouse really <laughs> gently. Um, <laughs> uh yeah who else has gone that could have testified there was someone else wasn't there yeah charlie's charlie's disappeared uh adam's been kind of neutralized because of he doesn't know what's going on with with ian um i thought that was really moving that ian wrote helen that letter and that it really meant something to her Mm. that sort of brought back memories of of what she'd been and that sort of thing And, sorry, I know this isn't relevant to Michelle's call, but it did. The bit that really made me laugh out of all the wrong episodes I listened to was when Joe took the head off the (laughs) the elf. (laughs) And you could just hear him talking to that child saying, they like it when their heads come off. (laughs) (laughs) Made me absolutely raw with laughing, uh, laughing on the on the dog walk. Um, it was very very funny. Ah, uh, yes. But I do wish that they would stop making the Grundys the deli- you know. Ha! Ah, look, there's some lives going down the toilet. Um, you know, to sort of be the comedy turn to distract from what's happening with with, mm. with Helen. As you said this week, Emma did do that piece about how she just wanted normal things for her, for her family. With if Rob's now got this job. She's going to be um, doing, getting lots more work with uh, with Henry, isn't she?
3: You'd think so. You would think so. What happens to your dog when you go away on holiday?
4: Uh, I have a lovely uh, dog walker mm-hmm. um, called Sarah who comes and um, house sits so she looks after the house, the dog and the cat for me. Oh. And the dog absolutely adores her. And I think he's secretly quite gutted when we come home. But anyway.
3: <laughs> and because does he... he does he go extra specially kind of like mental when you all come back?
4: Uh, yeah, for about ten minutes. The cat just saunters past and sort of looks meaningfully at her food bowl and that's it. <laughs> just at all. Oh now, unusually mm-hmm. rather than having an email urinar- well we have had some email urinars, mm. but we've also had a text urinar- Really? Yes. From my friend Ryan. Uh Um, who doesn't even listen to the Archers, but his other half, Am does. How could you not have told me that Colonel Vogel from Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade is playing Rob's father in the Archers? A good bit of class in the show. Will he be turning up on Dumpty Dum? and I said no because we didn't know and he said I've always been a fan of Michael Byrne one of those actors whose name doesn't become well known but always puts in a decent performance played loads of Nazis presumably why he got the
3: job of Rob's father (laughs) so there we go (laughs) talking about Nazis Lucy
4: (laughs) yes as we're not supposed to be
3: yes have you heard about that new film (laughs) A German Love what are you giggling for?
4: Because you haven't heard of it either until you just had to Google it to find out what it was called.
3: <laughs> Lucy. Let's yes. keep the magic in the editing sorry. process. Keeping
4: the magic alive. Yeah, sorry.
3: <laughs> but no, she's 105. Right, this yes. woman. And she's Goebbels' secretary. Oh, she was. Because Goebbels' yes. long long dead. Long dead. It's
4: not given her anything to do for ages. Yeah.
3: Well, she... Really? she completely and utterly is an apologist uh, for the Nazis and says, I didn't know what was going on. But she's so incredibly dismissive and this thing is supposed to be absolutely a phenomenal watch it is in german but with subtitles but she goes into an incredible amount of detail she even had jewish friends and she says oh well well we just <laughs> were just told that they just went off somewhere and we just believed it
4: you know, i and... don't like black people but i do like lenny henry <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> but only in small doses yes <laughs> not... <laughs> but no she <laughs> she it's just you know this woman retired in 1971 yeah, you know, and 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 Retired she's what? Huh? Retired from what? From just working, full stop. But so she worked. You know, she worked up until the Russians captured Berlin. She worked for Goebbels in the propaganda ministry. She talks about meet, meeting Hitler, but is just very does just, just talks about it as if to say it was nothing really much, and there wasn't really much of a Holocaust. And she <laughs> believed everything that came out of Goebbels' mouth. It's absolutely yeah. amazing. Absolutely amazing. 105, still kicking about. Um, there you go. Ooh, if you want to see one of the true evil faces of, of Nazism, uh, I think it's this woman here, basically. You know, oh, who God. has no emotional connection yeah. with anything that kind of went on. Uh, so that's Nazis dealt with. Uh, yeah. Right, the archers. Hey,
1: baby, I hear the blues are calling toss salads and scrambled eggs.
7: Merci. Welcome back, Lucy, as well as usual greetings to you, Royfield, Milliebell, and all Dumpty Dimmers around the world, Witherspoon and Angus Haggis here. I tip my hat to last week's men's panel. It was a great show and much respect to Millie Bell. Doing the forum and Facebook page roundup was great fun, but it takes a lot of effort to do that each and every week. Angus is a little sad today as the Olympics wind down. It was a great fortnight for teams Great Britain, USA, France, South Africa, Togo, and any other nation a Dumpty Demmer may have been rooting for. The only stain was Lafair Ryan Lochte. I can think of two Ambridge residents he reminded me of. Obviously, first, his twin bro from a different mo, Toby. It was like an episode of Bros Gone Wild, A Night in Rio. Second, Lochte matched Rob's ability to lie and create a heroic story about himself at the drop of the hat. Interestingly, this morning we were listening to Broadcasting House, and an American detective was talking about a sociopath's ability to lie because of a lack of empathy and moral compass. I could swear he was describing Rob to a T. Unfortunately, as we must speak of Rob, I agree with what Royfield was talking about last week. Rob has become a one-dimensional cardboard cutout, though it is interesting that we occasionally see a chink in his facade when we listen to his ambivalent interactions with his mother and his brief snippets of being upset when he recalls his being shipped off to boarding school when he was a child. He certainly grew up in a house where no real kind emotion was expressed, and he thinks he will be creating a better world for his sons. Of course, this is not true. As Rob has no clue as to the emotional damage that was done to him How his extreme narcissism covered us, covers a fractured soul And the incredible amount of anger he has towards women Which leads to such sociopathic behavior He would be a very tough nut to crack in long-term therapy Maybe one day after years of treatment I could have him laying on the floor Curled up in a fetal position, crying his eyes out But don't count on it happening on the archers And how does Rob get rewarded? With a job offer from Justin Elliott. Makes one wonder about the business acumen and overall judgment of Justin. Pissing off the entire Archer clan is not such a good idea. And is there no justice in Ambridge? Well, that is to be seen. Since everything has significance, maybe this will lead to Charlie returning to the village as an avenging angel and Stefan's body being found. Something has to happen to change this continuing course of injustice. You know, except for Phoebe getting to Oxford, it was a pretty depressing week. Phoebe's brief foray into what's the point of going to university? There's money in yurts was clearly what we call in the field reaction formation. But I can say in all my years of working with adolescents waiting for their university acceptance letters, I never encountered one who voiced that. In any case, good for Phoebe for getting in and getting away for a while. Maybe she'll fill a desperate need and become the village psychiatrist. Good grief, it seems that Anna, who has suddenly embraced her client's attitudes about self-worth being based on the love of a man, is certainly in need of one. Well, let's hope there's a better week ahead. Talk to you soon. Witherspoon and Angus Haggis, signing off.
1: Hey baby, I hear the blues are calling, toss salads and scrambled eggs. Mercy.
4: Okay, Witherspoon says Rob is one-dimensional.
1: That's
3: not true. It's absolutely not true.
4: Two dimensional.
3: How many dimensions did Witherspoon? I think he said two dimensional. Really? And he said he agreed with you. Oh, all right. Well, okay. Then I feel a bit bad for disagreeing with Witherspoon. Now, why did he agree with me? He's a sensible um, man. Thank you, Witherspoon.
4: Because because uh, Rob's just being boo hiss nasty ridiculous at the moment. Uh. But then he said he he also he did mention that uh, you know
3: we had a little bit of. um
4: Mommy didn't love me enough. That's well, why I'm psychotic.
3: Well, yeah. And and actually, we had more of that again. Yes, uh, Rob did pull his mother to task about going out to boarding school and feeling somewhat abandoned and unloved and just like dumped there. And there's no two ways about it. that um, Not that the scriptwriters are being Rob apologists, but they're trying to explain how somebody can have his um, coldness and controlling nature around, in averted commas, love. Mm
2: -hmm. And
3: and what I do think is very compelling about the way that they write Rob and Henry, and I know we've had a little bit of a slight barney about this before, but Rob does love Henry. But yes, it is about control, and it isn't Mm -hmm. love the way that 95% of the population would uh, ascribe as being love. But interestingly he can subtly turn turn it on a dime. So it's about his it's about him feeling that he's the centre of somebody's world. So whenever Hen so I think it was really interesting that this week Henry being excited about going away with his grandparents, bearing in mind he's what, five, six, that Rob takes that as a slight against him. Mm. Not that he can just be happy to be yeah. having a holiday.
4: Well, but- when you look at the at the pathology of mm-hmm. people with narcissistic personality disorder they have children because they want friends,
5: mm-hmm.
4: and they want people. They want to surround themselves with people who reinforce their own idea of themselves. Mm. So they want admiring children who completely and entirely support the world view of the narcissist themselves, and that's why they get on very well with children when they're toddlers, up until they get to Henry's age and it's Henry's age where they start to question parents and say, I don't think you're right. I don't like you. Uh, they tell fibs, um, I don't like you. I don't like you anymore. I wish you weren't my mum. Um, they make up what they've been doing and they, um, they start to challenge the worldview of the narcissist. And that's when the narcissist starts to lose it. And, um, uh, and that's when violence if violence is going to happen this is kind of the time when it is because the um the the the, the child starts to not be this entirely admiring uh little uh doppelganger of the of the narcissists themselves mm. um so that kind of t- makes sense in terms of where um that and, and 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 they're also in case they they would take anything um uh personally they take things every because everything is about them everything that anybody says is about them so when a child says i don't want to play that they take that very very personally and they they find it incredibly difficult to distance what children say from uh actually you know just, just children being children and and sort of exploring boundaries they take it incredibly personally mm. th- and that's I, sort of what's happening
3: i think um you could well of. Have neatly plotted how this whole thing is going to unravel for Rob because it's very obvious that he he's struggling to cope with Henry at the best of times. Rob we all know has, has got a temper anyway and any little five six year old is going to push anyone's buttons at times mm. but Rob doesn't have those natural coping no. mechanisms that most of us have because he's just he has a strong. Well he takes it anyway. as a
4: personal affront that Henry well, won't do what he wants because it means Henry's saying no I don't agree with you mm. and Hen- Rob can't allow anyone to not agree with him.
3: No absolutely 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 and uh, you know um, maybe 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 this is this is the pathway out of this uh, storyline cul-de-sac you know mm. that it's going to be um Henry doing something and then Rob just losing it and losing it spectacularly in public because we have had hints oh no hints we have had glimpses sorry so number 1 um on the phone the week before last um Emma does actually hear him say I'm Henry's stepfather yeah. which he's never ever said before yeah, but he didn't realise that he was actually within earshot. Yeah, and then there has been when he went off with um, his grandparents, him being Henry. Um, he there was some horrible aside about well, um, I can take you a better take you to a better beach than than mm. they can, of which Kirsty then overheard. So there, you know, the cracks are there.
4: Yeah, can we do Julie from Pickering now? Why
8: not? Hi, Royfield and Lucy. Julie from Pickering here. Nice to have you back, Lucy. Shambridge did a great job in your absence, but I did miss your monologues and last week's show. The men's hour, absolutely fantastic. Uh, yes, do that again, Roy feel That was really good fun. Just want to say this is probably for next week's program, not this week's. That I think Pat missed a trick last night on the Sunday episode. The uh, bit about uh, when Rob told Pat and Tony that he got a job and he was going to be the new estate manager, blah, blah, blah. blah. Yeah, whatever, Rob. Pat should have been straight in there with, well, you're still working for us because we're paying you sick pay, so we haven't had your resignation. Write it now. I want a letter of resignation from you with immediate effect, and sick pay stopped. She really could have got one over on him then. And I just wonder why she didn't do that. Because in theory, if he's been paid sick pay... He is still employed by Bridge Farm Shop. Anyway, that was all I wanted to say this week. Apart from bloody Rob, when is he going to get his comeuppance? I think it'll be Emma, because now he's going to be working full-time. Then he'll need more childcare. He'll have to leave Henry with Emma a little bit more, and I reckon Emma will be his downfall. Okay, that's about it from Pickering, North Yorkshire. Doodles. The reason I
4: wanted to do um, Julie from Pickering or puckering as she wrote it was that um, uh, she says that Henry will be with Emma more and she thinks that Emma might help in the unraveling. It could be if we put together what you've just said and what Julie's just said mm. um, that um, we have a situation where Rob does lose it with Henry and then Henry either reports back to Emma or Emma notices some evidence of Henry's changed behaviour, or she's actually witness to Rob assaulting Henry. Uh, and then Emma goes, because Emma's, Emma's sort of, um, what did she do before? She was involved in the, in the sort of someone else, wasn't she? Hmm? She was involved with the, with the sort of the unveiling of someone, of uh, the revealing of someone else as a wrong one, but I can't remember who it was.
3: I have no idea what you're talking about.
4: Have I dreamt that? Oh God! Um, no, skip that bit. I am going around the bend, um, but yes, she's not. She, wh- no, no, no. It was, it was. Um, she informed against her own uncle, didn't she? Mm. Despite the fact Susan said, "Don't."
3: Oh, against Clive. Yeah, this wasn't with the auntie cardboard thing, was it?
4: Uh, no, it was more recent than that. It was the burning down the barn. Oh yes, well done. Yeah, and it was it was Emma that 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 did that and decided to 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 you know she doesn't. She has a she has a sort of uh, she's she's sort of selfish, but she has a very strong moral compass. If something's not right, mm. and um, yeah, so uh, I think she could be the. Uh, hopefully, she might be the one that um, that fixes
6: the bugger. Mm. Who's
5: next, Lucy? Auntie Jean. Ooh, now hello, it's Auntie Jean here. I know I haven't been on for a bit. Uh, my dear old mum's been diagnosed with Alzheimer's, and we've had a bit of trouble finding her at home and one thing and another. But hopefully things are settling down now. So here I am, back to cheer you all up again. Um, I just wanted to say that Shula, the martyr, is never going to be happy unless she has told Helen, Pat, Tony, Tom, etc, etc, about what she did and the fact that she tried to put it right, etc. And it's not going to go very well, is it? Because, you know, Pat and Tony and Tom are going to be absolutely horrified that she just didn't speak up when she could have done about the Hunt's avatar. Because... We all know what Sheila's like. She's just going to have to do it, isn't she? Pip is just being silly. She's going to end up pregnant. Well, that's just going to be one of those things where she's going to fall out with her parents and her grandmother will be horrified and Toby will try and stand up and say, oh, I'll marry you, Pip. And, oh, well, I don't even want to think about it. It's too much. I think Rob's going to get his comeuppance soon, I hope. I think Helen will get off at the trial because it seems to me that it's all falling a bit apart for Rob. I know he's got this job with Justin, but I suspect that Justin might be discovering a few things in the next few weeks that could be quite helpful to other people. We'll have to wait and see, I suppose. Anyway, it's only a quick one. Before you record on the Monday, I always manage to forget that it's Monday. I get confused. I'm old, you'll forgive me. Nice to speak to you all again, and I hope to see some of you in December, but I'll let you all know what I'm doing. Bye! Is Pip. Up the
3: clangor. That's what we need to <laughs> to. No, she's not. Is that too soapy There There is no way. If she is all to Toby, friends with benefits, she's not gonna. If she's gonna no. be that clinical about things, she's not gonna be that sloppy. Pun Ugh. intended. <laughs> right. That she's gonna be. You know, she's gonna forget or neglect to take no. precaution. She's no. not stupid no she's just annoying but she's not stupid sorry (laughs) auntie jean (laughs) she's not up the clanger
4: right okay that's that dealt with and goddess diva
6: Mm -hmm.
2: hey dumpty Dum goddess diva here wanted to say how much i really enjoyed (laughs) men's hour last weekend I really didn't expect to but I did I thought it was absolutely lovely and Jed I'm still laughing at kuna Matata and to paint with all the colours of the wind I snorted so loud on the bus I think people thought I was having some sort of aneurysm so good work good work man. it was really enjoyable actually I wasn't sure what it was going to be it was really nice I enjoyed it very very much um, so yeah on to the archery this week uh, Shula Oh, get some dignity, woman. He's just not into you. No docky, locky, cocky for you. You have been docky, locky, cocky, blocky or something. But yeah, stop it. That whole, it, it really smacked off. Oh, come around my house for dinner one day. Oh, I'm busy that day. I didn't tell you what day, but I'm still busy. It was just, it was just embarrassing. Surely you're a grown woman. Richard Locky's is not the answer. Sort your, sort your life out with Alistair. Pin him down. Find out what's going on dogging and um, as much as I loathe you and think you're a pain in the ass, I don't really want to hear you being that unhappy because I don't like to hear anybody being that unhappy unless it's Rob and he's like who knows very well that monkeys don't dance <laughs> piss off Rob you're getting right on my nerves now I mean you got on my nerves from day one but even more so on my nerves now and I swear when I hunt you down I shall finish finish what Helen started Okay you, Off to cuddle my cats. Having spent a lovely afternoon with Yoko Bear today, so I will bid you adieu and say, "Gotta see her." Bye.
4: Still hates Rob, I think. Hmm. I think she, she does. Hey. And now we have Blythe Spirit.
3: I love Blythe Spirit.
9: Hello, Dumpty Dum, Blythe Spirit calling. Well, the good news is that I am fully appraised of what is going on in Ambridge now. I am back and listening. And uh, yeah, it's all very interesting, isn't it? Firstly, Anna Chagoran. I'm very disappointed in the way that she is being portrayed. It is not doing the legal profession any favours. The inaccuracies are huge, as Miss Midcity has already identified. And I'm extremely disappointed that because Helen is not giving her the information that she needs to actually do her job and to build a case, it's just unleashed this kind of estenderization of self-flagellation. And, oh, my God, I'm a terrible lawyer. She's not a terrible lawyer. Any other one, any other person in that situation would say, surely say to their client, I'm sorry, I can't help you. Unless you tell me what happened and tell me before we go to trial, I cannot do anything for you. That's just so completely obvious. I don't believe that a barrister with Anna's experience would indulge in this ridiculous, mawkish self-flagellation. It's just, oh, sorry, I, I literally cannot deal with it. It's just insane. Completely understand that her marriage is broken up. But again, why do we need a flipping character with all this kind of complication behind them? It's so unnecessary. One thing I am particularly interested in, though, is Rob, the Dark Lord, Titchener's appointment to estates manager at Damara Capital. It obviously proves that Justin is an extremely bad manager because in any other situation, someone would have actually gone to both the parties involved to find out what was really happening. Justin didn't do that. He t- he's taken the Dark Lord at his word. But what the interesting development will be is how... Their, how their relationship develops you'll recall that at times Justin treated Charlie like absolute crap so much so and with such familiarity that we actually thought that Charlie was some kind of family member and that that kind of familial intimacy if you like gave way to kind of levels of disrespect that you would not normally expect in a professional environment Rob does not take direction He isn't going to like it if Justin treats him in the same way that he treated Charlie. So it would be very interesting to see. And this is my little plot prediction, whether Justin starts to cotton on to what Rob is actually like. And then if he goes back to Charlie and says, OK, I doubted you, but I really do want you to tell me what happened. Then we'll see. Perhaps Gate will come out. Perhaps Charlie will come back to Ambridge and blow the whole story open. Mm, Could be very, very interesting. Anyway, that's it from me. I hope everyone's well, and I will continue to keep listening now. If only to get this blasted, blasted Titchener storyline over and done with. Can we please have it finished? Okay, that's it. Cheers now. Bye.
4: Anna Toboggan is being misrepresented as the world's worst sodding solicitor. (laughs) 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 I know, I just wish she didn't have to have a thing. Why couldn't she just come in, be a solicitor, and go away again? Mm. Why does she have to be or, related to everybody and be having personal issues and blah blah,
3: blah, blah, blah blah To be fair, she's only related to one person. But what we could have had was her yeah, just oh, coming she's,
4: in she's picked, um, Jill's goddaughter, isn't she, as well? Well I
3: oh, know that's not related. Well, exactly. Um what she could have done is come in, done her job and gone away again. No, 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 no. And then basking in the glow of success, then revealed herself to be um a regular human being like everybody else yes Brilliant. rather than having a crisis right during exactly yeah. retiring to a room with a bottle of gin or whatever the heck it was but you know um yeah so i kind of agree okay mm.
4: now next bit of trivia we've done judy dench
3: and nazis and what nazis
4: nazis judy dench yeah mm-hmm. did you know that the boy that plays
3: josh mm-hmm. is called
4: angus imri no and he is the son of celia imri who played uh in um in Cornante and she was in victoria wood as seen on you tv you
3: love anything to do victoria wood
4: i do unashamed victoria wood and pameth should jointly won britain if one of them wasn't dead
3: but, i oh okay go on
4: and also his mm. dad is benjamin whitrow mm. who played russell in after henry which was a fantastic radio 4 comedy series starling prunella scales friend of judy dench there's a link written
3: by simon brett uh what was the premise of after henry because it's ringing bells, but I can't...
4: After Henry was about a widow, who's Prunella Scales, mm. who played a lady called Claire France, who mm. lived with her mother and her daughter. They each had a floor of a of a London house. And uh, she worked with Russell, who uh, was played by Benjamin Wittrow, who ran a bookshop.
3: Oh, OK. Wasn't at all what I thought you were going to say. All right. Um, tell you what, though. This actor who's playing Josh is cracking. Yeah. Yeah. Is well, very, pedigree. very, very good. Yeah. And uh, one of the things I really noticed last week was um, it was basically about conflict, but kind of manageable, believable dollops of conflict. So you had uh, Pip and Toby.
6: <laughs> of conflict. Yeah, just as yeah,
3: opposed yeah. to like shed loads of it. Just yeah. little dollops. And it was all kind of believable. So you had the, the Pip and Toby thing. And then we had David and Josh. And Josh, Josh's results are much better than David ever expected. Than even Josh thought they were going to be. And you know, there's a little snidey remark the episode before from Pip saying that, oh, they're going to be terrible because he, he, he never did any revising. And Josh is just like, so what? When David goes, Josh, you've got, I think it's like two B's and a C or something or another, or two C's and a B. And you, you're Einstein. You're the cleverest archer ever. And Josh is like, so what? And David is incredibly frustrated. And throughout that episode, you have, um, you know, that dynamic kind of plays out. And when Josh has kind of made his mind up about what he's going to do, uh, which is not go to university, you know, David is kind of talking over him. And I just thought it was just very well written, very believable. But this this kid can act. He's yeah. absolutely very good. You know, we might think he's a slightly s- snotty-nosed character in terms of being slightly precocious and reminds us of Tom ten years ago, but he's acting his socks off, and it was just really, really, really well written. So you and then I said about this whole thing about kind of you know conflict, but it actually happening on on radio as opposed to as you kind of noticed a lot of you know when people have barneys with each other, invariably you know it cuts away. And then you, yeah. you you have the conversation is what is dealt with kind of afterwards. Yeah. When uh, Josh had strips torn off him for the way he, when he, t- when he took the chickens. Dave had a go and then so did Neil. We didn't hear that. But you heard it all this week. And I think The Archers was better for it.
4: Do you know what I noticed having been away mm-hmm. and then listening to a the lot wrong, of episodes all episodes. at once, all yes. of them incorrect. Yeah. Yes. Um, bloody, what a bloody good actor Joe Grundy is. mm it's the one of the most hammy characters ever, but he never hams it up to ridiculous. And his comic timing is fantastic. Yes. And I was listening to him and Eddie just doing that scene where, where they're trying to fix the elves and a kid falls over and the mum demands money back from the car park from bloody elf world, whatever it is. And I just thought this is, this is a pair of actors who know each other so well, mm. they, they almost don't need a script they can just, they know exactly what, what yeah. their character would say in this situation. And it's just, it was lovely, really, really lovely to listen to.
3: Mm.
4: It was and just that, so natural. And it was just flowed so beautifully and there was no strain in it or anything.
3: And I, and I think we've mentioned this before, but it's one of the only or least obvious uh, male-on-male relationships, which um, is absolutely compelling. So, you know, the amount of interaction they they actually have together is a lot. And then they, they very clearly have uh, this relationship, uh, which means the absolute world to each other. Um, and the only other male-on-male re- male relationship, which I think of the top of my head, I'm going I'm to discount the fair brethren because they're just so new. So I'll just put them completely to one side, would actually be David and Kenton. But the intera- the amount of interaction between them is far less,
4: yeah. you know,
3: it's far less. But, you know, there is the whole kind of Dave thing and, you know, yeah. and Kenton feeling, yeah. well, I'm the older brother, but I don't get the respect uh from yeah. being the older brother, et cetera, et cetera. Well, I suppose there, there is the Grundys as well, the, the younger Grundys, Will and, and Ed. But again, that seems to have kind of gone for a because Will's completely, utterly disappeared.
4: Yeah. 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 i just thought we haven't heard him for ages, have we? We've no. just heard... I can't imagine what Wills going to say when we find out we're moving blah 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 and we haven't actually heard
3: <laughs> what he thinks Exactly. Mm.
4: Hmm.
3: Um next.
4: Uh next is an email
3: Ooh.
4: from Tiffananda. Mm. It's about where I have listened to Dumpty Dum. Okay. Not meaning to show off, but I just can't deny it to you. Yesterday I was listening to Man's Hour podcast while waiting several hours for the Candy Isala Perahera to begin. By the way, that is the elephant procession in the cultural capital of Sri Lanka. I was seated with my husband, Richard, and our two sons on a makeshift balcony, which had been cut out of the second story of a shop. I must say I laughed out loud several times, to what I cannot recall, but it was a most entertaining and (laughs) well-thought-out show in marked contrast to the week before, although I did enjoy Kate's, sorry Harriet's, insane rants. I have an awful feeling I would sound like her, but just without the hilarious impressions. Before I sign off, I must point out that the procession was a three-hour extravaganza of 100 elephants and 10,000 performers. Rio, eat your heart out. Gosh. That definitely wins most things, I think, probably, mm. doesn't
3: it? It's going to win most things. Yeah. Um, and just so you know, Lucy, we've mm. been having uh, people sending pictures of where they listen to Dum-de-Dum.
4: Ah uh, yes, I saw, I saw some of those,
3: yeah. Easily fifty have come in on Twitter and Facebook combined. Uh absolutely fantastic. Uh couple in New Zealand. Um I don't think we've had a Canada one yet. Uh couple of couple of bedrooms, uh, couple of, you know, uh bedposts, so to speak. Um also headboards, uh, couple of dogs, loads of people walking dogs, some beautiful pictures of the English countryside. California, a few times, New York, you name it, dum de dum, listeners, uh, listen to it. Oh, even on the Northern Line, I reckon. There's this is one picture of somebody on the Northern Line, and I'm saying to myself, "Was that where Greavesy? Oh. No, he was on the Victoria Line." Mm. To be fair, I think this person says the Northern Line. It actually looked like the Victoria Line because those oh. chains and those tubes are newer on the Victoria Line, yeah, normally, aren't they? It yeah. actually looked like the Victoria Lion. But anyway, <laughs> uh, keep them coming because they're, they're lovely folks.
4: No one sent us one of them in the bath, have they? Because lots of people said that they listen to us in the bath. I don't think I'd want lots of people sending us pictures of...
3: Well, you can have the right amount of foam the like they do in the movies and stuff. You can still be yeah. quite, quite discreet and stuff. The thing is, right, I don't want to be fiddling with my phone over the bath. no. Because what if are we that... going to
4: say then I'm so glad you said phone
5: <laughs>
4: <laughs> you know, you know... <laughs> <Yeah>. exactly <laughs> I don't want an image of you fiddling with anything
5: over stop the bath to be honest stop
3: <laughs> um, are we all out of calls and are we all out of emails Yeah. Crumbs. all right then cool. let's, let's quickly uh, take a brief camp coffee sojourn uh, you can have a little tot of uh...
4: what are you drinking today uh, sparkling water today. It's quite really? hot.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm. What's there's something foot that you sometimes drink which is alcoholic? What's that? Tanglefoot. There you go, Tanglefoot. Yeah. Um Steve Bye Bye. Likes to drink Tanglefoot too.
0: Yes I a lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times.
1: Flushcare.com slash weight loss. No. Mm.
3: Anyway, so uh, you have your sparkling water, I'll have my cup of coffee. See you on the other side, touch you your millie belt. Thank you very much, please.
7: When you don't have a roof,
3: Build that wall. Build that wall. There
2: was nothing marked classified on my
6: emails, either send or
1: receive. Build that wall. I am
6: humbled to have
1: been chosen by the Conservative Party to become its leader.
3: Britain is just a small island that no one pays attention
0: to. A former colony won the right to determine its own destiny.
3: Hello and welcome to Mid-Atlantic, the show where we look at the news and the views from one side of the ocean from the perspective of the other.
2: Do you have a National Trust sticker on your car? Do you think you could be best friends with Kath Kidson? Do you spend hours wandering around the airport looking for an organic quinoa cafe because you refuse to go to Burger King? Then Sarah Smith Cloths offer you. Available from Sainsbury's for The Posher Washer. Proud sponsors of Dumpty Dum.
10: G'day everyone and congratulations to Witherspoon, you did an excellent job last week and now I'm very comfortable knowing I can go on holiday whenever I like because you have it covered. And on our forum this week, there was some uh, Kiwi listener uh, congratulated the, the men on a great uh, podcast last week and we had some people supporting that. Goddess Diva asked where the lesbian lesbians are at and we had Kelly Schroeder who offered a literature-themed ending to the storyline. Helen stays silent is found guilty and stays in prison Rob becomes more and more ostracised but wreaks his manipulative vengeance over the years and in 15 to 16 years Henry reaches his young adult years and murders Rob finishing what his mother started but just like his mother, is imprisoned. Kira marries him, but Henry, upon release, shows emerging Rob-like tendencies. After 15 more years of crazy, Kira is led away in handcuffs, while Henry lies dead on the floor in the exact same spot he would have been if Rob had been successful all those years ago. Kelly also throws out um, the challenge to us all to say, what about if it was written in the style of Beatrice Potter, or James Joyce, maybe Edgar Allan Poe? or Steinbeck so if you feel uh, the creative urge do join us on the Facebook page uh, we wondered uh, if uh, somebody could um, have a whip round so that the Grundies could buy the cottage because uh, I must admit I am so sick of listening to Emma saying you're only saying that to cheer me up I just look look just let them <laughs> let them move into the cottage let's all move on from that one uh, we're also very uh, impressed with uh, Team Matthew and Off You Go Tomes. We also wondered what would happen if Phoebe decides to have a gap year and become a Yurt Worker, and we wanted to be there when she, uh, Phoebe told Jenny for this. But of course, the storyline moved along. Oh, talking of which, did you notice that Josh got two Bs in the C, which makes BBC? And also, I don't really know how they translate to results from other countries but I didn't think that was that great he's a smart one in the family am I being too harsh we also talked about Joe and his Ferret's and we weren't sure if you wanted to hear more about Tom's sausages or Alice's agricultural
5: drones.
10: Steph Bushington Pomba Pillar says, Tom likes his sausages, but he never sounds like they are the cure for cancer, eczema and the common cold, which is what Alice was saying about her drones. <laughs> At least I think she was. I got distracted after the first two hours. Uh, lots of people joined in with that discussion. So uh, if you'd like to get involved too, please come to our Facebook page. And I would like to apologise for my appalling understanding of the written word. I didn't realise that Yeoman was in fact man, And I'm actually quite embarrassed because my sister-in-law comes from Belfast. And if I'd said that in her voice, I would have got it. So n- no kudos for me at all. So I'm now going to uh, finish up and hand over to Yeoman Royfield and your woman Lucy V. Freeman, and say,
4: Hooroo! Thank you, Millie.
3: That was lovely. Thanks, Millie. Uh, And also
4: genuinely thank you to everybody who stood in for me and let me have a lovely holiday. Um, Thank you very much to Harriet and to Bear and to the assorted cast of Men's Hour, which I still have not dared listen to.
3: But I will, I will. It's Man's Hour plus 43 minutes on top. It went on a little bit longer than than I thought. Uh, But yeah, you you should listen. And because it was good fun, but it's not the same without you.
6: Yeah,
4: yeah, yeah, This is
3: all you want to hear.
4: No. <laughs>
3: <laughs> right, folks. End of the show. It's been somewhat of an interesting one, considering my co host hadn't listened to any of the shows. But... No. Mm. I
4: had. I, I hadn't listened to any of the Dumpty Dums, and I'd listened to three episodes of The Archers, but the wrong three. Well, the right two, the wrong last one. Mm. I
3: don't know what I did, to be honest. Right. Okay, so suffice so, to say, you came to this show unprepared. Yes. Wrong monologue, unprepared, but you winged it. I did.
4: Extra Dormouse. Who He loves you. He complained. You, that oh after, no, you love him. Turned him down like a bedspread. No, that after he turned me down like a bedspread. Mm. That I'd never I'd never um used him on tweet of the week. So here you are. Now, actually, this was funny
3: before I realised who it was. Um, but it's not tweet of the week. It's just a tweet. It's just a tweet. So yeah. he's right. You've never he's, used he's, him as tweet he of said the week. That I'd
4: never even quoted him on anything. So <laughs>
3: then,
4: uh, touchy. Um, he had Carol saying, "What did Max say?" and Anna saying, "Max said that Max wanted us to stop being so bloody coy about Max's pronouns." <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I do think that it's going to be a woman, isn't it? No, it's not. It's a bloke. It is
3: a bloke. Yeah, yeah, it's a bloke. And... um, How do you know? Because our eagle-eyed listener who knits for that website, whose name temporarily escapes me, uh, said... Who knits for a website? Yeah, there's a website and it's quite famous and and oh.
4: Yarn, raveling,
3: ra- ra- ravel, ravel, ra- ravelry. ravelry. There you go. Yeah. That's the one. If if it wasn't last week, it was the week before. Said uh because you know I do listen. I listen intently, intensely, and she did say he at one point. Right. So it's not a woman.
4: Mm, I don't know. I think that might just be a continuity.
3: Well, I'm just telling you what she said, and I think, though, I could be wrong, and I'm frequently wrong. Uh, but last week, she also said he as well. He talked okay. about his current girlfriend.
4: OK. Yeah. OK. All right. Next, Liz Perslow, who said, I'm hoping Kafkas can see through children who say things like, I want to live with Daddy because he's buying me pizza tonight. <laughs> 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 Ungooglable said, I wish Carol Tregoran was my mother. My real life mother has never supplied me with cannabis. <laughs> <laughs> which, <laughs> which makes want to go listen to this episode immediately because I've totally missed something. And um, Greavesy, uh, lovely Greavesy, mm-hmm. uh, a.k.a. Uh, Derek in the back bedroom, said, was catching someone else up on what had happened. Probably should have done that for me, really, shouldn't he? Um, this week. Mm-hmm. And just decided to throw caution to the winds and said, Toby and Rex had an incestuous man snog. Aliens came down and abducted Pip. Hurrah! And Jill baked a cake. So I think Greavesy needs to be off <laughs> whatever Carol Toboggan is supplying to be honest and Carlos Del Mambo uh, got tweet of the week who after a particularly painful exchange with Carol Toboggan, just put Rumpole would have nailed this weeks ago <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> that's let's
4: get a frictional barrister in to fix
3: a problem on a frictional uh docu-soap yes very good i and that's used it. to love that was it leo McKern? what was his name leo McKern. oh deep rump that just reminds me of being about eight you years old you know who played
4: old. him recently on a radio Four adaptation no benedict cumberbatch
3: really yep that benedict's getting about a bit isn't he
4: I am a fund of useless... And in-
3: honestly, I could win a pub quiz at the minute. And what film is Benedict Cumberbatch starring in at the end of the year? Um, oh, is it one of
4: those superhero ones?
3: It is. Doctor mm. Strange.
4: Ah. Uh, I saw him in Zoolander 2. He was a bit strange in that. Very good. Really? Yeah.
3: Mm. He's uh, androgynous. Kind of is anyway, isn't it? Well, mm. you know, he's... yeah. Yeah, he, he he's actually physically. Well, he looks like a lizard. Let's face it. Not exactly, exactly, he exactly, looks like, exactly. Who
4: was that fella that used to, Phil Cool? Who used to do that com- oh, impression yes, of that
3: exactly
4: thing? That's who he
3: looks he's, like. Phil Cool's completely made out of rubber, wasn't he? Phil rubber, bulgy yes. eyes, and used to sweat a lot. That was because Phil his Cool.
4: Accent. He used to be able to put eighty-seven vowels in everything because he had
5: such
3: a <laughs> <lack of sound. laughs> Right. I don't know if this will go down as one of our best, Lucy.
4: Well, no. I think it's been more about light entertainment weekly, <laughs> less about <laughs> the archers with a few Nazis chucked mm, in. For good.
3: Mm. If you want to go and comment on this show and wildly <laughs> don't, don't, disagree, no.
6: just never know.
3: They might want to wildly disagree and say, "Actually, no. This was a podcasting gold." <laughs> Talking about gold, I think we have to stand up and salute Team GB. We do. Mm-hmm. Mo Farah in front as they come to the top of the straight in the 5,000 metres. History is beckoning. Chalimo comes to the outside. He's going to be the danger. Mo's gritting his teeth. He's looking around. He's got Chalimo beaten. And he's walking in the footsteps of the great man from all those years ago. Farah wins. Chalimo gets second. Mo Farah does the double-double
6: after Usain did the triple-triple. It looked as though he had them covered. And that was the way it proved. 13 30 He does walk in the
7: footsteps of the great Lassie Viren.
4: We have to go to Ryan Lochte, who is extremely naughty man.
3: So, if you want to add your feelings about Ryan, Ryan Lochte why don't you go to dumbydum.com forward slash forum you can go and put them there because <laughs> we do have a section for other, so it doesn't have to be uh, archers related so uh, maybe if you, and also if you just want to salute you know, the, the great sterling work there of PMGB and the fact that we got this one right haven't we, you know what, as a country if we put our minds to it without any rancour we can actually get quite a lot done and it has to be said, you've got to big up John Major with this. Because it was John Major that basically said, right, after Atlanta, when we only had one gold, we, we need to sort this out. And uh, the lottery money then goes, you know, not just for Charitable courses, but then to sport, uh, specifically the Olympics. Me being all the way over here, somewhat proud of seeing that little Union Jack flying up the, uh, the, the, flag, the flagpole all the time and uh, God save the Queen belting out. Awesome. Lucy itunes reviews
4: yeah why are
3: they important
4: because they give you something
3: to talk about at the end of the show no the more reviews we get and the more five-star oh, reviews yes. it means we're higher up in that chart it means more people get to listen to our show however yes. mm. however right here's mm. the thing now i'm putting it out to you dear listener that um we need to up our listenership so we get I don't know twenty four thousand listeners a, a month or something or another. All right? It it is going up, but it's going up rather slowly. Every listener, can you just tell one other person to go listen to Dum? Somebody new, somebody that hasn't had the po- podcasting delight that is Lucy talking about a subject where she hasn't listened to it for <laughs> you know for three weeks and cobbling together something. <laughs> Resembling a show. I'm sorry. So no, this but... is like
4: one of those dreams where you find yourself on stage and you can't, you can't remember what your first line is, or you have got to sit your French GCSE again, or something.
5: Uh.
3: Well, <laughs> I I think you're podcasting gold, and you've managed to get through the show. So, but <laughs> serious point though, folks, serious, serious. Please go and tell just one, just one other person who doesn't listen to Dumb Dum Say, why well, don't you listen to Dumb Dum Uh, next week because it'd be interesting to see what the bump is on the downloads but also um we need you dear listen not only to write an itunes review if you haven't done so done so already but just be an evangelist for all things dumpty dum because that would be good smashing and awesome now after you've done that there are another couple of ways you can help keep our little show on the road Uh, you can help us by hitting that donate button on our website or you can go to
4: patreon.com, search for Dumpty Dum, and donate $2 a show, which is about pound
3: 50. Remember. 50. Yeah, it's about one pound fifty now. Uh, and you know what? There you go. Remember, to get in contact with us, you can send us a voice message via SpeakPipe on our website. Or you can call us on 02030313105, just like Connor Steven does, to leave us a telephonic message on social media, specifically the Twitters you can find us where we're at dumdydum me I'm at Royfield and Harriet is at Sandbridges.
4: Sarah Smith is at Sarah underscore Smith and I am at Lucy V Freeman
3: on the book of face uh, you can simply find us by typing in Dum, and there are 1,300 and odd like lurkers and they're just doing stuff on the book of face now um, it's good to have you back Lucy thank you promise me you'll never go again no but three weeks was was. a really long time there's no need to go away for that length of time no
4: need absolutely no
3: need no need at all just showing
4: off unnecessary
3: absolutely like short sharp week more than sufficient right okay
6: Mm. Mm.
3: so you won't do it again (laughs) no I won't do it again good all right. So and on that note, folks, you heard it here <laughs> first <laughs> No Dum Dum will be Freeman free in future. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors Inc.
0: A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot, maybe your new best friend.